We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pack a Day podcast. It's Thursday, June eleventh, and very first and foremost, I must say a happy birthday to the late, great Vince Lombardi. I have no idea how old he would be on this given day, but the greatest coach in the history of professional football turning a lot of years old today, uh, if you were still here. To so you do not hear the voice of Nick Schmitz, so there will be no awkward jokes and odd transitions and smooth transitions, to be quite honest, because he's better at this than I am. So I am joined, of course... By America's sweetheart, Maggie Loney, who's here every week. So, Maggie, how are we doing? I feel so much better now. I'm in such a good mood now. See, I think that's a nickname that's going to stick. So, eventually, this will be Maggie's Twitter name, America's sweetheart. And uh, we like brought, a horse racing thing. Yeah, why not? We'll get. It's kind of around the time the Kentucky Derby and all that stuff would be going on, right? I don't. I don't know. I don't follow horse racing all that closely, so I don't have the dates marked on my calendar. Uh, and then, as if one wasn't enough, I brought in tonight somebody to help me or help Maggie babysit me. I have her soul sister, and that is Perry Goldstein of Pax, what she said. And I say that because they hadn't – you guys hadn't met each other until when? January? Yeah. January when they started doing Pax, what she said. And quite literally, the responses when I text them separately are the same. So it is quite funny to go through all that stuff. But Perry, welcome. Thanks for coming on. Happy to have you here. 
Glad to be here. Very excited. It's going to be a good little night tonight. And what we're doing is something cool. Again, we're like Nick likes to point out every week, it's June. And June's kind of the dead period for football anyways. And so it's kind of a little hard rush for content here. So what we're doing is something that I've seen happen over at Dairyland Express. They did one recently with the Milwaukee Bucks. And this is an all-time draft. Now, we cannot fit offense and defense into this week's episode. So next week, assuming Nick returns, he will get the pleasure of doing the defensive side of the ball with us. But tonight, we like scoring points. <laughs> According to Pro Football Focus, defense doesn't matter. So we are doing <laughs> offense first and leading off. So here are the rules for those that did not read the tweets that we had come out today. So most people. So most people, <laughs> exactly. So it's a snake draft. And Perry, since she is our guest, she gets the number one overall pick. I will pick second, and Maggie will pick third. Uh, I did the draft order like a gentleman and gave the ladies the <laughs> back-to-back picks. Uh, so I have a little bit more difficulty on my hands, I suppose. So what we're doing is we're drafting a quarterback, a running back, two wide receivers, a tight end, an offensive tackle, only one, one offensive guard, and one offensive center. And we're doing that in the in the interest of time, if you will, because we can't make this a two-hour show, and that's why we didn't do defense, and that's why we can't do the entire offensive line. But there were too many receivers in the history of the Packers to make us all pick just one. So with three of us, as Roger Goodell would say, welcome to the 2020 NFL Draft. Perry Goldstein is now on the clock with the number one overall pick. And now another reminder, we can pick whatever position we want. Oh, and I take that back. One thing at the end, we're picking a head coach as well. So who is leading this team? And you can pick a quarterback, a head coach, a tackle. You don't have to pick a specific position. You just have to make sure that you don't pick somebody that's already been picked. Otherwise, we chastise you. That's how it works. That's how it works in your guys' fantasy leagues, I assume, That's how as well. drafts work, Jacob, yeah. <laughs> that's how they should work, exactly, because you should pay enough attention and care enough to know that you shouldn't pick somebody that's already been picked. But without further ado, I am talking way too much. Perry is on the clock, and she selects. Uh, very easy choice for me. I'm going to select Amon Green. Packers leading scorer and rushing yards uh and in fantasy world the running back is everything so i'm on green come on down wow that is not what i expected i really expected these first three picks to go a certain way <laughs> and this threw a huge wrench into that so now I'm with so me being, this is kind of like very similar to his draft i suppose because he fell right into my lap i didn't anticipate this but um I hate running the ball. I hate running backs almost as much as I hate kickers and punters. And I'm joking a little bit when I say that, but uh, I am taking a quarterback first. It's the most important position on the field. And I will take Aaron Charles Rogers with my first pick. And it's kind of funny because now Maggie, you said that we thought the first three picks were going to go the same way. And you said, can you really go wrong? And I actually think that you can, but now that you're on the clock, I'm going to see if you have the wrong answer. So you are on the clock. <laughs> And your Why are choice. You the judge? Well, you asked if I, I might thought think somebody. It's a good pick. Well, it might be. I'm just saying, if you pick, I think you can go wrong if you pick one quarterback over the other, and we'll see if that's what happens if you do happen to pick a quarterback with your next two selections. But with Amon Green and Aaron Rodgers off the board, Team Loney's next two picks are Vincent Barty. He's mine. There's, okay. yeah, and I did want I did want Aaron Rodgers. But now I feel very scrutinized and very judged um, by you, Jacob. So There's no judgment yet. So, I mean, it just depends on who you <laughs> pick next. 
going to take Bart Starr. Bart Starr. Okay, so you're not wrong. That would be the answer That's to my question. That's who I wanted so. as well. All right, so Starr is gone. Vince Lombardi is gone. I am back on the clock. I have Aaron Rodgers on my team, and now I am going to make sure that he is protected, and I am going to take Forrest Gregg as my offensive tackle. Vince Lombardi, in his honor, he said it was the best player he ever coached. That's a hell of a lofty comparison for him saying that, considering he coached some really good ones. There's a lot of Hall of Famers there. So I will take Forrest Gregg. Perry, you have the next two. You've already taken Batman. So in the interest of lame puns, who are his Robins? Oh, well, this man is not a Robin. He is absolutely a Batman in his own right, and I'm taking Brett Favre. Oddly enough, he has a Superman tattoo on his arm. Did you know that? I did not know that, so he is go. my Superman. There you go. So Brett Favre, and then you have the next choice as well. Um. Okay. I kind of want to take some protection as well, um, but I'm going to go. He's still on the board, and we saw this connection all the time, so I'm going to take another leading uh, leader of the Packers franchise in Donald Driver. Donald Driver. Okay, so that's a great selection. One of the more – there was a Facebook or a Twitter meme running around today of who's underrated that a lot of people don't think so, and Donald Driver was a pretty popular answer here. Um my next pick is going to be scrutinized because Maggie's going to be angry, but I am a firm believer in that you build the front. Shout out to Owen Reese. If you build up front, everything else, don't do this. Don't do will this. fall around it. I've taken Forrest Gregg and now I am taking the most recent Packer inducted into the hall of fame, the ambassador of green Bay, Wisconsin. And that is Jerry Kramer. Okay. 64. I was going to take him just now. And then I thought I can't do that to Maggie. So fun story. We used That's to do fantasy. What I just <laughs> Back when Peyton Manning was a player, we used to do drafts with my mom and we'd have a little family league, but it was kind of like an unspoken agreement after the first year because we had to start the draft over because my dad had the audacity to pick Peyton Manning and my mom would not allow that. She's a Colts fan because of Peyton Manning. So we had to start the draft over and let her have Peyton. So it was like an unspoken rule of don't pick Peyton. Don't pick any of the good Colts players that she knows all the names of and everything. We'll just leave that alone and you build your team accordingly. So I'm not following that rule. I'm taking Jerry Kramer anyway. So Maggie is not flipping me off on camera yet, but I anticipate that'll come at some point soon. So Maggie, you have two picks. You could find a way to hurt me if you'd like. I mean, I will, but off camera. Um. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I have been Lombardi and Bart Starr and I was starting to build the 1960s Packers. So I'm going to turn that around and I'm going to go back to back wide receivers. I'm going to take Greg Jennings and Devontae Adams. Now my receiver room is set. Yeah, that's, I mean, as far as, that's a group that I wish that we could have seen play together. I mean, Jennings was, I get it. There's some sour stuff there, but I mean, he was great when he was here. He's a hero in the Super Bowl. Right. If we're just looking at his on field performance, nobody cares about that, uh, that off the field stuff. No, not at all. So I am on the clock next. Three receivers are gone, one that I wanted, but I'm actually still pretty thrilled with what I can get here. I can still take Jordy Nelson, and I am going to happily take Jordy Nelson, and Perry's giving me a face now. So maybe I should have just taken the back-to-back picks or something. I don't know. I'm kind of afraid. (laughs) You guys have talked about wanting to do a fantasy league with me, and now I'm afraid to do one with you with all this this hatred and vitriol that I'm getting as you guys continue to go through stuff with me. So I have Jordy Nelson. I'm excited about the 
uh, Aaron Rodgers to Jordy Nelson connection continuing. So we saw some, we've got the connection between Donald Driver and Brett Favre on one team. We've got Bart Starr and no receiver yet on Maggie's team. Or, well, actually Jennings, uh, she has two, but none from the 60s team is what I meant to say. So, but that's cool. Bart Starr could throw to those guys and I'm sure he could throw to anybody and make it work. He's the greatest passer in postseason history. There's no argument there. Sorry, Patriots fans that are listening to the show. It's just factual. So, I mean, <laughs> if you came to a Packers show and thought I was going to say Tom Brady was better than Bart Starr, then you were wrong. So that's where we're at there. I have Perry on the clock then. She has two picks in a row here. Uh, she went with Donald Driver, her last pick, and then Brett Favre before that as well. So where are we going here? Um. Okay, I'm going to take um, Jermichael Finley because easily okay. the best tight end. <laughs> The Packers, I think, have ever had. Yeah, and that one stung me, me a little bit. I'm so sorry. Um, no, you're not. But when okay. I <laughs> and then I got to start taking protection for for my man. So I'm going to take Fred Thurston. Ah, or Fuzzy Thurston. Yes. Fred, not to be. I don't know. Is that his real name? I guess I don't know. Yes, I just know it we is. always called him Fuzzy. Okay. I figured in a draft setting they probably wouldn't have called him Fuzzy. So I'll go with. I'll take Fred, yeah, Fred Fuzzy that's... Thurston. <laughs> Alrighty, so we have Fuzzy Thurston and Jermichael off the board, which stinks because that's where I was going to go next was Jermichael, uh, add some dynamic to, to that setting. But now that, uh, that is gone and off the board, I had some deliberations here. I thought about, uh, Antonio Freeman and Robert Brooks. I love the thought of Robert Brooks being on my team and recreating the jump in the stands reunion album. Uh, but we're not going to do that instead. Uh, we are going to go old school and take maybe the greatest receiver in the history of the NFL, and that is Don Hudson. So I'm going to take Hudson here, and I have Hudson with Jordy Nelson, and that's going to be, I think, a dynamic duo. So, Maggie, you are on the clock for two more picks. Where are we going here? All right. Uh, so I'm going to take David Bakhtiari because I have yet to address my offensive line, and that feels very important. And then I'm going to throw it back to the 60s because I would just like to live in a world well where uh, Paul Horning is doing a power sweep behind David Bakhtiari. <laughs> so those are my two. The golden boy oh, and the then golden boy. And then whatever you want to call David Bakhtiari. Uh yeah, I don't think he has a cool <laughs> Agent sixty nine, right? Was that what they called him during that? That's the, pretty cool, I guess. Yeah, that is a cool the beer chugging champion. So if we have a team with Paul Horning and David Bakhtiari, if there's a team drinking game here uh, I oh, have Aaron Rodgers, so yeah. I am not winning. <laughs> I, can, I can hang, so my team yeah. is great. Yeah, and Perry's got Brett Favre, so I mean, my team's definitely not winning the drinking game, I don't think. I've got a bunch of uh, choir boys, I think, at this point. <laughs> so with that in mind, I have a need here. I still need a center, I still need a running back, and I still need a tight end. So things getting a little interesting on that regard. Uh, as a tight end, there's a lot there. Um not a great position in the history of the Packers, especially now that Jermichael's gone. Um, and that one, like I said, Perry, that really stung. So I guess I'm I so deserve sorry. that. I suppose for taking, uh, Jerry Kramer so Maggie couldn't have him, that's, that's something that, that I deserved here. So, um, that's the world that we live in at this point. So that is what it is. Uh, to catch up on my drinking games, I mean, Played in the Super Bowl with a hangover. I kind of have, I mean, I know he's kind of a one hit wonder, if you will, but I feel like I have to go with Max McGee. I gave some thoughts to Mr. Kaufman from the 80s Packers. 
uh, just because that dynamic skill set was definitely there. But uh, yeah, I'm going to take Max because, like I said, I feel like the pride of Wisconsin here, and I need somebody to help with the team in in this proposed drinking game that we have. So I have Max McGee, uh, and shout out to Ross Uglum who once named his dog after Max McGee. So I think that's pretty cool. Perry, you have two picks in a row. Who are we taking? Ooh. Okay, well, Bakhtiari is off the board, and I need a tackle. So I'm going to go with Iowa. Brian. Okay, so that's one, Mr. Balaga. And now remember, the nice part is we don't have to differentiate between left and right tackle. Yes. So Brian Balaga was the Packers left tackle for about 10 minutes one year, and that became how David Bakhtiari emerged. <laughs> um, and then I think my next pick will be my second receiver, and I'm going to go with James Lofton. Ah, James Lofton. Yep, that was the one that was left on the board, I think, that uh, could have been could have been a good pick there. So... I like where you're headed. I like where your offense is going. You have some weapons around QB1 there, and uh, hopefully those guys catch the ball more than the other guys do because with Brett Favre, let's just be honest, it's kind of a story there. So. All righty, I'm back on the clock. I have a running back need, I have a center need, and I have a head coach need. Now, we've kind of talked about head coaches, and before the show we said you could realistically pick four and maybe five, depending on how you feel on Matt LaFleur. So Maggie took Vince Lombardi, and I feel like she would have taken Matt LaFleur second. Uh, but I'm just maybe. guessing. Maybe. We'll never know. It's a world that we don't live in. Um, I feel like I would be sacrilegious if I didn't do this. Uh, Mike Holmgren is a great coach. I feel like if Tony Dungy's in the Hall of Fame, Mike Holmgren belongs in the Hall of Fame. Look up their resumes. They're very, very similar. Uh, that being said, the way he exited, I'm still a little upset about that. And I've also often been on this show and every other one. I've probably the biggest supporter of Mike McCarthy that has ever been. So I have the receivers that he can play his isolation routes with. Uh, and I think that in terms of building culture, he's as good as it gets. That's why I'm terrified of what he could do with the Dallas Cowboys and that offense and everything down there this year. Uh, and I've met Mike McCarthy personally, and he's been very cool to me. So I feel like that deserves some extra points. My head coach will be Mike McCarthy. I love it. I love MM. It's going to be really hard to watch him coach a different team. Oh, don't get me wrong. I am not rooting for the Dallas Cowboys. No, never, no. never. <laughs> there nope. is no no way that's happening. So we've moved on from that. I've given my sop story on Mike McCarthy. Perry Goldstein has two picks left. And, Perry, give us a little rundown. What do you need still on your team? So I still need a coach as well, and I need an, a center. So I'll be done after this. Um, Wait, I'm, I'm missing three people. Well, you'll have two picks. I think you snaked backwards. That could be. Because Perry right. took James often. She did. And she mm-hmm. also took... Do you want me to only take I'll one? Drive. You want me to only take one right now and then it'll be even? Yeah, let's do it that way. This is how this works on this show. So it's just the nature of how it's going to be. So we're just so going to take one. Do I get three picks back to back to back to round yeah, out? Yeah, you know what? You're the host of the show. You are America's sweetheart. So you get three picks to round this thing right. out and then we'll go back the other way. So Perry, take one. I'll take one. Maggie gets three and then we'll work our way back because I still have two. Okay. I good. still need a center and a running back. Anything for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, so now so- we know who it's Annie Lincoln held or Annie Schmitz now. Excuse me. She runs the show. Maggie's like 1A, they're like equals, and then it's everybody else for this episode. Right, right, of course. 
It's not my fault that you messed up the snake, Jacob. I'm sure that happened somewhere. I'm not sure how. This is why computers do my fantasy draft, and I don't. So <laughs> I'm not good at numbers and writing stuff down. I'm not smart enough for that. So that's why they do it for me. So, okay, Perry gets one, and Maggie gets three, and we got it figured out. We're good. Okay, so I think I'll go with Coach, and I'm, I'd am i have to take the winningest coach in Packers history. So I'm going with Curly Lambeau. Wow, that's crazy. Mike Holmgren is left off the list, I suppose. Well, I mean, like you said, the winningest coach in Packers history, that – that makes perfect sense. So I need a center and I need a running back. Uh, I am going with the coolest nickname that I've heard, and that is Old Bag of Donuts. I'm taking Frank Winters. Uh, <laughs> Brett Favre's, excuse me, Brett Favre's best friend. So I'm sorry, Perry. I guess you guys can't have them hanging out and cruising the streets and pranking Mike or uh, Mike Holmgren anymore. So I'm going to take Frankie Winters, and I'm going to plug him into the middle of my offensive line there. So Maggie, you get an unprecedented. <laughs> Jacob screwed up three picks in a row. And what do you have left as far as needs go? So I have a tight end, a guard, and a center. So for my tight end, I'm going to take Bubba Franks. Because to me, he has one of the best names, and he was very productive during his tenure with the Packers. I also got to meet him once. He's a pretty cool dude. Um, And then offensive guard, I'm going to take TJ the Enforcer Lang. Because he, especially if I'm building a drinking team, between TJ, David Bakhtiari, and who else? Paul Horning. An honorable mention, you get Josh Sitton if you get TJ. That's just Right, they're just a package deal. Yep. (laughs) Um, And then I don't know if this is cheating, but for center, I'm going to take Jeff Saturday. I know he was only with the Packers for one season, but he was one of the best to ever play the position, so he's going to be my center. I think you're really banking on him rediscovering those Colts years, but (laughs) 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 I completely understand. Uh, I am up, and I have my last pick, and it is running back, and I have been deliberating on this. I've gone back and forth. Quite a few times just because, I mean, the history of that position in Green Bay, there's so much. Tony Canadeo has his number retired. Uh, Paul Horning's obviously off the board. Jim Taylor is still on the board. I thought about Aaron Jones. I thought about Eddie Lacy uh, and quite a few of those. But I'm going to go with Jim Taylor. I think with this passing offense that I have, his ability to be a bruiser, the best offense that the Packers have had, maybe the most well-rounded, was in 2014 when they had a bowling ball like Eddie Lacy with Aaron Rodgers <laughs> slinging passes to all those stud receivers. And I think being able to kind of tough some games out uh, behind guys like Jerry Kramer and Forrest Gregg and Frank Winters, I think we can ram the ball uh, down somebody's throat if I have Jim Taylor. And he also once spit up blood on one play and scored a touchdown on the very next, which is like total football guy thing. So I think that's <laughs> really cool. Uh, so I am taking Jim Taylor, and that will be my final pick of the night. And uh, Perry, you are on the clock. Do you have you have one position left? Is that what we figured? Yes, I have my center left, and I am going to go with 10-time Pro Bowler, six-time All-Pro, Jim Ringo. Yeah, that would have been – that was the other one I thought of with uh, Frank Winters, but I went with the nickname instead of the – this is nepotism. So I was kind of surprised that no one took him, so thank you for that. Okay, so let's give a rundown real quick through this. Perry, you had the first pick, so what does your team look like? Um, from start to finish? Yes, ma'am. Okay, I have Curly Lambeau coaching Brett Favre, Amon Green, Donald Driver, and James Lofton, Jermichael Finley, Brian Bulaga, Fred Thurston, and Jim Ringo. Wow, that's a team. That's a pretty – This is the cool part about this is the Packers have so many great players and so many Hall of Famers that, I mean, you really can't go wrong. And there's some – even the guys that aren't Hall of Famers on this list, like, I mean – 
Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, Greg Jennings. There's so many good players that you can find in a draft like this. So my team, I have Aaron Rodgers, Jim Taylor, Jordy Nelson, Don Hudson, Max McGee, Forrest Gregg, Jerry Kramer, Frank Winters, and Mike McCarthy leading the troops. And the drinking team champion of the world <laughs> is... All right, we have head coach Vince Lombardi, quarterback by Bart Starr, running back Paul Horning, with Greg Jennings, Devontae Adams, Bubba Franks, David Bakhtiari, TJ Lang, and Jeff Saturday. So there you have those teams. We will go ahead and list them out on the Twitter account today. We'll put up a poll vote. Who do you think wins, my team, Perry's, or Maggie's, in a football game? And then (laughs) we all know who wins in terms of the drinking battle, like we've just mentioned several times prior. Ladies, we have a little bit of extra time, so I kind of want to talk about it because I did say earlier, and I think this might be a little controversial, that I think there is a wrong way to pick your quarterbacks. And Perry, I frankly think that you ended up kind of with the short end of the stick. Now, let me preface by saying all three of the Packers' holy trinity of quarterbacks, if you will, are Hall of Famers, unquestioned, great players. Uh, however, I have them ranked in a very specific kind of way. So uh, my question to you, too, is if – If you had to rank them, and the nice part about this is, and I know this has been done a million times, but the nice part is we're all Packers fans, so we've all been able to enjoy all of those quarterbacks, and really who's better is like arguing which slice of pizza is better. It's There's really no argument, although Chicago-style pizza is definitely better than New York's. So, uh... (laughs) Well, you want to go there. Let's go there. I really don't care. I love pizza in all shapes and sizes. It really does not matter to me all that much. I just knew that that would get a reaction. So, uh, Perry's from New York, if you guys are not familiar with uh, with her location. But if you guys had to rank these quarterbacks, and Perry, you're the guest between those three, is where do they fall in line? How do they go one through three? I have such a hard time with this. I really do. Um, but I usually go Rogers, Star, Farf. Okay. And is it, like, close? Do you have yes. gaps or anything? Okay. Um, honestly, to me, and maybe it's just like bias because he's the reason why I love this sport to begin with, but I think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback this team has ever had. Mm -hmm. Um, and then after it, like star and Favre are so different. So it's really hard to rank them, but I think like all time historic star is better than Favre. Yeah, and the the hard part about this, obviously, is the eras. When Bart Starr played, a passing game wasn't nearly as sophisticated. Hell, even when Favre played it, there were some things that are different now as to when he retired uh, and some benefits that Aaron Rodgers has certainly faced. Maggie, are you in lockstep here since I assume that's the case? But, I mean, hey, maybe you guys have differences of opinions. I don't know. No, I mean, apparently we even agree on pizza. So, yeah, (laughs) I'm the same way. It's... Rogers, Star, and Favre. And I think a lot of that, you know, just from a purely talented standpoint, we've never seen anything like Aaron Rodgers. And I know that you're going to come on here and talk about Patrick Mahomes. But if we're talking about Packers quarterbacks, there has never been a more talented thrower of the ball than Aaron Rodgers. Um, I really hope he gets to a second Super Bowl because everyone else in this Holy Trinity has been to at least two, even though we know Favre didn't win his second. Should have, but didn't. Um, and then Bart Starr, you know, like you said, historical passer rating in the postseason, winner of the first two Super Bowls, MVP, Hall of Famer. And Bart or Brett Favre was always fun to watch for me growing up because I remember my dad trying to describe him to me, and it was like, Brett Favre has the ball, right? And it's either going to go really good or really bad. And that's how I grew up thinking about Brett Favre. And he 
you know, looked like a kid whenever he was on the field. And it was like all three of them, you know, like you said, they're interchangeable. They're part of history. You would watch any of them and you would take any of them most of the time. But I think if you're going purely on like history and talent to me, it's Rogers star Favre, but it's no disrespect to Favre. And this is where I make people angry. So shocking. Buckle in boys and girls. Let's go. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is number one. Uh, Bart Starr is number two. And then there's a decent sized gap. Uh, I'm not talking about a chasm as wide as the Grand Canyon or anything like that, but then it's Brett Favre. And this is no disrespect. Like I mentioned, Favre is a, an all time great. Uh, he is one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen play. Uh, but remember, I'm only 28 years old when I say that. So Dan Marino retired, for example, when I was eight years old. So I can't really include him all that much in players I've seen play. Uh, the reason I say that is there was a horrifying graphic that came out the other day that basically said after Favre's third MVP season, he was essentially Eli Manning. Now, granted, numbers don't tell the whole story, but – People, I think, we just kind of gloss over the fact that bad Favre was really, really bad. Like like Maggie just kind of explained when he has the ball, it could go really good or really bad, and it was kind of like a cute anecdote. And I even catch myself doing it sometimes, obviously, and that's part of the, the draw of Favre, I suppose, is you think he could win us the game, but he could also definitely lose <laughs> us the game uh, in the process. There's one of those, I know when, like when Rodgers, when he loads up to throw, I am very confident either our guy's going to catch it or it's going to fall incomplete. But it, I almost, it's almost like a shock anytime he throws an interception. Whereas Favre, I mean, Brett Favre threw six interceptions in a playoff game. And I made the comment the other day that in 2005, he threw 29 interceptions. That's a lot, first of all. And that That's Jameis almost... Winston levels. <laughs> yeah, it's jarring. And I also firmly believe that if Brett Favre wasn't Brett Favre and didn't save the Packers and help them get this new stadium and win them a Super Bowl, well, not new stadium, renovated stadium and win the Super Bowl and all that stuff, he would have been benched in 2005. But he was Brett Favre, so it was different. And, I mean, then you add in how everything ended. He... I mean, I know the Packers didn't play that well against the Giants, but I'm sorry. The ball was in a Hall of Fame quarterback's hands, and he threw the game away. And then in the process, makes a joke after the game and says something about, well, at least we're not going to get killed in Arizona now. And then schemes his way to play for the Minnesota Vikings? Maybe that's a little This really gets you going, doesn't it? I, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, wow, he's got a, he's got a, this is, you've written a dissertation. Uh, I've had this conversation a lot. And to me, I, I mean, I just think when people say they think Favre is better, they almost think was he was more fun to watch, which that could be true, but it was like, he's more fun to watch. He because... also, he also ended a drought for us. Oh, absolutely. Horrible yeah. The Packers play, and yep. he, he made it like, okay, I was a baby when Favre took over, <laughs> right? So, so I only know from his later years and my dad's telling, but he said he, Brett Favre brought the fun back to mm-hmm. Green Bay. Like 100%. people actually enjoyed going to games again and two Super Bowls, one win, one loss. But like, that's more than a lot of quarterbacks can say. Yeah. And I often wonder if his career might be a different story if Mike Holmgren stuck around. Because the other thing that really happened is that Ron Wolf hired two really bad head coaches after he hired, or after Mike Holmgren left and went to Seattle. Ray Rhodes was the one year blunder. And that was the headline of Packer Report, and I'll never forget that because I was so surprised they fired him after one year as an eight-year-old. I don't know why I was surprised by that at eight years old, but I was. <laughs> and then uh, I have 
nothing nice to say about Mike Sherman as a head coach. So I don't need to go that route. So I wonder how that goes, but yes, I do. I think there's a gap between those three and I don't mean that to be disrespectful. Uh, like Perry mentioned, the fun was back. I think that if I were older than a year and 17 days when he threw his touchdown pass against the Bengals uh, to, for that first comeback, I think you would have known. There are moments when you can think like there's something special here. And that was something that you could see with Favre, obviously. And he was my childhood hero. I mean, let's be honest too. Like the reason he's I'm a right Packers behind fan, you right now. Yes, he is. And <laughs> he's right in front of me also. Like the picture that I can see eye level is his running around the helmet with the, in the Superdome in the Super Bowl. Like the reason I became a Packers fan is because of Brett Favre. I understand that. But I also understand that there's no comparison. Aaron Rodgers is definitely better, and so is Bart Starr. So there is those three. I do want to end this on a happier note. So what I want to take, ladies, is the non-Super Bowls. Obviously, we didn't watch Bart Starr play, so sorry, Bart, but we kind of have to exclude you here. I think we can all agree that Vince Lombardi telling him, run it and let's get the hell out of here in the Ice Bowl is Bart Starr's finest hour. So that's what we're going to go with. Although I will give a close second to the the moment when he walked into Lambeau and on Thanksgiving for the last time, that was like uh. ugly cry worthy. Like it was so great. Um, but we'll we'll just agree on that. And then what I want to hear from you guys and Perry again, you're the guest, so I want to hear your favorite individual moment from Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre in your experience. So this is your lifetime. And what you watched with your own eyes. So obviously we can't include like the Bengals game where that I just mentioned or something like right. that. Like you have to be cognizant and remember, I remember watching that. To be honest, I don't have one for Brett Favre because I was so young. Um, I think Rogers took over in what, 2008? Yep. So yeah, okay. I guess I was 13, but I wasn't really paying attention much before that. That might sound bad, but <laughs> I just like, I don't really have one. Um, I remember watching him, story. of course, but, um, I didn't love him and really pay attention as much as I did with Rogers. Um, favorite Rogers moment. I mean, <laughs> how can I, how can I pick just one? Um, oh my God, Jacob, you're really putting me on the spot because I have like 10 that are running through my head. Can Maggie go first? Pick a couple. Yeah, Maggie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Can I do top three? Sure. All right. Um, third favorite is what we were talking about right before the show, the miracle in Motown, mm-hmm. the Hail Mary. That's definitely. Um, two is probably the fourth quarter, fourth and 26 to Cobb. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Bears game. The Bears game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It was fourth and um, eight, but. Oh, sorry. Know. I really exaggerated it, went, it didn't uh, I? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. It's kind of like Paul Bunyan. The further apart we get, the more the story. <laughs> I just remember, around. okay, maybe it's just the throw was very. It was. It was a 48 long yard. that I was like, yes. okay, well, that one, because I can hear the broadcast in my head as I so think about I? that play. And then number one, no doubt about it, is uh, season opener two two seasons ago where he came out of the tunnel after he thought he went down second season. We thought, no, he's going to be gone again. And I was so sad. And then we had the greatest comeback ever against our biggest rival. 
and the team literally couldn't function when he wasn't on the field. Like they fumbled and Kaiser fumbled. It was Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah. Really bad. And then he came back and he was running out of the tunnel and you're like, his knee is fine. And his knee was not fine. He was probably <laughs> on a lot of painkillers. Uh, and he absolutely scorched the bears. Yeah. I remember the crowd just, it was a different, there are certain games I've been to where it's been like different sounds come out of that crowd. And that was one of them. So that was really cool. I've got goosebumps thinking about it right now. So I'll pick a different one when we get to it later, but Maggie, we are gentlemen at this show. Nick and I, I'd like to think so ladies first, of course. So I will allow you uh, here to go first. I feel like I talk a lot on the show about how my memories of being a Packer fan really kind of hold special places as opposed to like key moments in games. And with Brett Favre, there's literally pictures of me as a three-year-old in like a tiny Brett Favre jersey, like on my dad's lap watching the Super Bowl while he's got his Zubas on and like his Brett Favre jersey. So like, I don't have a very true memory of Brett Favre from like my childhood because I was young. But I remember looking back, like, that that was, like, my introduction to football was those Super Bowl years with Favre. Um, and like I said earlier, you know, like, my dad's saying, like, Brett Favre has the ball. <laughs> like, it's either going to go really good or really bad. And that has been, like, my lasting memory of Favre. And then I don't want to double dip on any of Perry's stories. So I think for me, like, if I had to describe Aaron Rodgers to somebody, it would be the divisional round Cardinals game where it just always feels like the Packers are hanging on and he throws basically two Hail Marys back to back to tie the game. And I think something that will tarnish Rogers legacy by no fault of his own is the fact that he never gets to freaking touch the ball in overtime in the playoffs. And that was him doing everything he could to put the team on his back to get them in a position to tie the game only to not get to touch the ball again. So that's, to me, that's like peak Rodgers. It's just doing everything he possibly can for the team. That's one of those what could have been kind of moments. I always wonder, because Jeff Janet, people don't like talk about this, but Janice got hurt on that play. And I guess all of the Packers two-point plays that they had that they liked involved three receivers, which makes perfect sense because they ran 11 personnel like 130% of the time. So uh, with Janice being hurt, they couldn't go for two. But I guess there was a consideration to go for two there and try to win the game there instead of chancing a coin toss in overtime. And obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but with Larry Fitzgerald running through the defense like that, I wonder how that would have gone. Uh, what makes me feel better about that is I am – very confident that Green Bay gets destroyed the following week in Carolina if that happens. That was a 15 and 1 Panthers team. Cam Newton was the MVP. Uh, maybe that makes me a little crazy, but uh, that's that's what I think happens as they get killed. So um, that's where I'm at on that. Here's a few things, and I'll keep these brief. Uh, so in the interest of time, but. Uh, Brett Favre, there's two that come to mind, and I remember the 2007 season. So, I mean, we kind of have all mentioned our age. I think I'm the oldest one here, so 28 and under is our age gap here, or age range, I should say, here. Uh, so the Super Bowl, like I said, that's my first football memory. I remember not being too upset about the second Super Bowl that they lost because I was six or something stupid like that. Like, I wasn't very old. And the Packers had played in the Super Bowl twice in my first two years of watching football. So I thought this was something that happened all the time. Like it was, it was a common thing. Um, and then there were a lot of like middling ish years with Favre where they'd like, 
they go to the playoffs, but you never truly felt great about their status as a Super Bowl contender, maybe save for a couple different times, like fourth and 26 against Philly, for example. That was a team that I thought could have won the Super Bowl, but Mike Sherman is Mike Sherman. I promised I wasn't going to do that again, but I just did. Sorry. <laughs> uh, the 2007 season was the first time where you really had this feel of like this team could be special and there's something going on with Favre. And when it really felt that way is when they went to Denver and ironically played Jay Cutler on Monday Night Football, the fourth greatest quarterback in the history of the Green Bay Packers. This is before he got traded to Chicago, obviously. And Green Bay had a winning record. I think they were 6-1 and one at the time, but nobody really thought that they were for real because the Packers had kind of – they went 4-12 and 12 two seasons ago, and then they were 8-8, eight and eight, but they weren't that good. And um, But they had this offense that was pretty good, and there were questions about whether Favre was losing his deep ball accuracy because he had a pretty rough game the week prior. And the first play of overtime – play action to Grant. And I remember thinking before the play or the, before that play, like, okay, don't do anything too crazy. And Brett Favre is Brett Favre. So he chucks it as far as he can. And Greg Jennings runs under it for a touchdown. And that was really a feeling of like, okay, they just won on the first play of overtime against a team that a lot of people thought were a good AFC football contender. And you had that feeling of something special was happening. I was 16 at the time. I was a sophomore in high school that season. Uh, ultimately that movie ends the same way a lot of them do and far rips your heart out, but that's the nature there. The other one that comes to mind is from that same season. And it's funny. So I am pumped up for this playoff game because the Packers haven't been in the playoffs in a while. They're playing the Seahawks. It's snow. It's cold. It's Lambeau field. They've got a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Like you feel really good about this team. And then the game starts the way that it does. And you're just like deflated <laughs> completely for the first probably quarter of the game. And the play where he spins around stumbles forward and then like flips the ball to Donald Lee on third down for a first down. The thing I remember the most about that is like, it was quiet because my mom was napping and she worked night shift at the time. And my dad stood up. My dad's not a Packers fan. My dad's an Eagles fan. And he stood up and yelled and woke up my mom and just goes only effing Favre can do something like that. And that's kind of how it is. Like you mentioned the good. Why is Brett Favre so fun to watch that play right there uh, is one of the reasons why. With Rodgers, there's so many. There's so many. I mean, there's so many with Favre, too. But, I mean, I've seen Aaron's entire career, so there's more vivid memories in my head. Perry mentioned the sound of the crowd and everything when he ran out with a broken leg. Um, uh, Maggie's mentioned quite a few as well as far as Rodgers goes. Um, Just kind of the ability to do everything, I suppose, for the team. Uh, I just enjoy that Rodgers is always able to keep like a cool presence, even when things aren't going well, relax, run the table, uh, things of that nature. And everything he says to me is like well thought out and genuine. That's just something I appreciate about him as a person, as well as a quarterback. Um, but specifically as far as, as moments go, it's kind of similar to the one Perry mentioned in week one, but it was week 17 against Detroit in 2014. If Green Bay wins, they get a bye. They have a shot at home field advantage. And the Packers were amazing at home that season. So a home playoff game, like, check it off. That's a dub. Like, we're going to the next round. It's it's as good as done. And the Packers take a 7-0 lead, and Rodgers is playing with an injured calf. And we're sitting in the end zone, and he flips a little touchdown to Cobb, like hopping on one leg because he can't find anything. They stopped playing bang the drum after the touchdown because Rodgers laid on the turf just motionless, like wasn't moving. All of us thought he had torn his Achilles. The season was over. Like the one guy who couldn't get hurt is now unable to play. And the Packers, they ended up blowing that lead before halftime. 
and they've their first possession of the second half, they go three and out and punt. And during the punt, Rogers runs out of the tunnel and everybody in the crowd is chanting MVP and every, and Rogers talked afterwards about how like he got emotional thinking about that. And the players now and the players of the nineties always talk about the special connection that you have between the fans and the players. And that was a moment that I really felt like that was something that he appreciated, which was kind of cool. So as far as games I've been in attendance at and everything like that, that was, that was surreal. So that was pretty cool. I think that's a happier note. I think we can end on that. That's a pretty good one, right? So uh, that is the Pack-A-Day podcast. Be sure to follow the uh, podcast on Twitter. It's at Pack-A-Day podcast. All the episodes, like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review. We like those. We have some new people coming in. Perry, you're a new uh, co-host here, so we want to welcome you, obviously. And we also want to welcome Jimmy Christensen, who was on our episode two weeks ago now with Ty Summers, which was pretty awesome. Uh, hopefully some more things like that are in store. And he just talked to Billy Turner with Andy Herman on Sunday too, which is really cool. Highly recommend that episode, especially in uh, the position that we are in right now as, as a world. So that was cool to listen into. Um, but follow the show. You could follow Perry Goldstein on Twitter. Where can we find everything? Uh, you can follow me at Perry underscore Goldstein, P E R R I. Um, Maggie and I also podcast once a week together. It's called Pax, what she said. Uh, you should, Listen to us where you're fun and uh, follow <laughs> us on Twitter at PWSS podcast. Yeah, and I have a feeling that we might be all together for a happy hour soon enough. So that is a, a fun little thought here. And again, yes, Perry with an I, not Perry with a Y. So not Nick Perry, but I don't, I've been trying to come up with like a, a different Perry with an I, but I can't find anything. So that's where we're at on that. And then Maggie, uh-huh. uh, you will change your Twitter name to America Sweetheart at some point <laughs> soon, I'm sure. But for now, we're going to go with what you have. So where can we find everything for you? You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I too podcast with Perry once a week uh, for Pax, which you said, I agree that we are fun. So please give the show a listen. I also write two articles a week for Cheesehead TV, and I'm always, always down for happy hour. And I am Jacob Westendorf. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf. Check it out. I've given away Packers jerseys in recent memory, so every now and again I feel like doing stuff like that. So that was fun. <laughs> um, I'm trying to bribe you guys into following me because I'm really not that interesting. But He's not. Uh, it's, it's pretty much pictures of my daughter. and uh, Those are worth following. Those are worth those it. Are worth yeah. it. And yeah. uh, amateur Packers analysis, I suppose. But you can find me here at the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can find me at Packer Report. And like I mentioned, uh, the happy hour will be coming soon. So thank you guys for listening. Nick Schmitz, likely back next week hosting, so you won't have to listen to me ramble. So thank God for that. And uh, I am having dinner with him on Saturday. So tell me what specifically you want me to make fun of him about because there's a lot of material there. So thank you guys for listening. And go Pack Go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.